Don't ever call someone's idea crazy. You'll probably end up eating your words, or in this case, drinking them. Our guest today knew that cider was not just for crepes and galettes anymore. And when he heard the French government was paying farmers to chop down apple trees in his home region of Normandy, he knew the time was now. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. Xavier Dodefray and his co-founder Pierre knew they had hit on something when Colette in Paris, the store that put the concept into concept store, and Joel Robuchon, the most Michelin-starred chef in the world, were the first supporters of Maison Sassy, the cider they had produced in their hometown in Normandy. Now it was up to them to convince the rest of the world. Xavier is here to tell us how the story began. So, like, I grew up in Normandy at the Chateau de Sassy. That's where the name uh, Sassy, Maison Sassy, come from. And in my family, uh, at the Chateau de Sassy, we are producing cider and Calvados since 1852. So, since I'm super young, I'm used to participate at the harvest and the cider production. Um, and it was super, like, uh, passionate because when I was younger, every year, you know, all my friends and family came uh, once a year. Um, during the harvest, so from uh, September to mid-November uh, at the Chateau for the weekend to help us uh, to, uh, to like harvest the apples. So it was very like friendly uh, moments and that, that, you know, I remind a lot as a very good memory. Um, and you know it creates a, a special uh, link between uh, like the, the the product and and uh, and, uh, and me, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm very passionate by Normandy in general, and um, I love like uh, cider because of this very precious moment, family moments, and uh, you know it's like the Madeleine de Proust, what we call the Madeleine de Proust for me, um, yeah. So when you got everyone together, how did the ritual go? You would you collect the apples and then what happened? So like the so first it was like a big dinner or lunch uh, and then we were just going in the in the orchards uh, with like some big um, baskets and we were like a, a team of two, you know, one uh, like a, a team of two and just like uh, picking the, the apples. So the like uh, we don't shake the trees, for example, we wait uh, for the apples to drop naturally when they are mature enough. Uh, so it means like we had to pick the, the apples on the on the on the ground. Um, because we have ships in the orchard, so like it means like uh, the ships allow us to 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 have this process because we wait for the apple to drop naturally when they are mature enough, and the ships um, they eat the grass, so they maintain the the grass low and healthy like this. When the apple drop, they don't perish too quickly. So that's why we were a team of two, one with the basket and the other one picking the apple and putting in the in the basket. Um, you weren't worried that the sheep would eat the apples. No, because during the harvest we like we remove the sheep oh, yeah. from the orchard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so after you have all the apples, what? Where did you take them? Would you take them to a special place, or so, did you do it in the chateau? So we were uh, putting the uh, the apples in what we call paddocks in order to mature uh, to have like a, to mature a bit like the the apples. So for a week. 
and then uh, we started like pressing the, the apples yeah and then obviously the uh, the liquid came out of the apples yeah and then where did you store it and what so, was the process to make it cider so like uh, so the process is like so harvest then we mature the apple a week in paddocks and then we start pressing so uh, after the press, uh, we are putting the, the the juice in a tank. So it will um, there will be like uh, the fermentation will start. So it will create like what we call a chapeau brun, a brown hat. So it means like all the impurity will go on the top of the tank uh, because of the fermentation. So then we are doing a first clarification in order to clarify the juice and to remove all the impurity. Then uh, we put the, the juice in, in another tank uh, where it's going to ferment uh, between two to four months, depending on the weather, because the hotter it is, the warmer it is, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, quick, the quickest uh, go the fermentation. Uh, so between two to four months, there were the second fermentation. Uh, and depending if we wanted a cidre doux or a cidre brut, so uh, the the, le the more fermentation you have, the drier the product will be, because you know all the the all the the how do you say the uh, I guess the sugar is eaten. Yeah, right? the sugar is eaten by the, by uh, by bacteria, uh, and that's what creates uh, alcohol. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, um, so. Well, you grew up doing this. Yeah. You know, it was just a ritual, a family ritual. It Did was you... just, it was very, like, um, small volume. So we were, we are talking about, like, uh, uh, less than 2,000 liters. So it was just to have fun, to, you know, to, to have the family together, to have the friend together, to, to, to spend a good moment uh, with, like, yeah, family and friends. Um, and it was just not, it was not a business. It was, again, we were not selling any bottles. It was just for our day-to-day -day consumption and for friends' consumption. Did you grow up thinking this would be what I would do when I grew up was to create cider? Or did you go to school for something else and then so come back to it? I always wanted to launch my own company. Like, so I, uh, I'm the co-founder. Pierre-Emmanuel is the other co-founder. So he's based in France. Um, and when, uh, in 2000, during the, in the dot-com bubble, we were saying to our parents, oh, we, w we want to launch our own startup. And we were 12 years old. So, you know, our parents, they were laughing. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, pass oh, your go back exam, to school, yeah, right? go back to school, pass your exam, and then you, you will discuss later about creating a company. And you know, at this time, I don't think they, they believe like uh, 14 years later, we would actually launch our own company, but we did it. So it's amazing. So I, I think I had from the beginning, almost the beginning, the, the desire to create something, you know, uh, to create something. I didn't knew exactly what. But it was, uh, you know, inside me, I wanted to get to create something. And so when did you think, ah, oh, cider, cider may be that thing that I create? So uh, I'm very attached to the Norman region, passionate by apples in general and the Norman terroir. And when I, I studied a semester in London, uh, my associate in Ireland, and 
we were super frustrated because we couldn't find uh, a, the taste we like because most of the time the cider that you can easily find is either very sweet or super dry you have good ciders in the uk but it's not easy to find them so we were super frustrated not to be able like to have a good cider uh, so we said like okay like uh, you know we had this idea and you know it's uh, crazy like uh, they don't have any good ciders like uh, uh, we should try to promote it. And then we went back to France. We w both worked in finance. Um, and to be honest, we were a bit bored by our jobs. So we were after, after you know, work, after our work, we were having, you know, like um, beers, uh, like, I don't know, cocktails. Uh, in because you couldn't find good cider. Exactly. Even really? in France. You, even you mean you France. always drank it? Even yeah. No matter yeah. where you were, you wanted cider. I want in in Paris. It's the, it was the same. It was very like uh, industrial products. Uh, so we were on the terrace and we were thinking, uh, what what could we launch? And you know, we said, you know, like we can't find any good ciders. So like the idea, you know, starts to emerge, and then um, we were. I I read an article uh, in the newspaper, and they were saying. Um, the, um, uh, the, the state is giving subsidies to the farmers to destroy orchards. So for us, it was a completely like, uh, you know, nonsense. You and know, were these orchards in Normandy? In Normandy, yeah. So for us, it was a complete nonsense. And we didn't understand why. Okay, like again, Champagne, Bordeaux, Burgundy, they are super proud of their terroir. And also Calvados. Yeah, Calvados. And so why in Normandy should we destroy our our terroir and our know-how, you know. So this was what triggered the project. Uh, we saw, okay, there, there are a lot of unemployment in Orne, in Normandy. Uh, cider business, cider industry is massive in the UK. So why not to, to try to reinvigorate the Norman economy and also trying to put Normandy back on the map by promoting the terroir and cider in particular. And did you think immediately, I have to go home to do this? This, yeah, like not just Normandy itself, but Sassy, where you grew up doing this. Was that your first, you know, thought? Yeah, it was good also, like to to do like a step back from Normandy, you know, like thinking of like the project, and uh, you know, I feel I can't feel better. Uh, uh, than when I am in, at the Chateau in Normandy. So it's really like where I grew up, where my roots are. Uh, so, you know, like it was very good to take, to take a step back there, discuss with Pierre-Emmanuel about the, the project. Um, so, yeah. And what was Pierre-Emmanuel doing at this time? Was he uh, also he went, in finance? Yeah, also in finance, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so not super original. And, uh, <laughs> so you kept in touch with them all this time? Yeah. yeah. Right, since you're 12? Yeah, uh, we met when we were three years old mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in Argentan, the little city close to the chateau, where we went to school to Gaza. Mm -hmm. So we know each other since we were three years old. So, now so he was part of the cider making exactly. when you were young. Exactly, every weekend, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, so that's why also he's super attached to uh, Normandy, the cider in general, and Sassy too, because you know he has so many good memories with with, with the family and with me. So um, yeah. So you know, thinking about making a cider and then actually creating one that you can bring to market are two different things. Yeah. How did you know what taste would be right, or how to start it? 
we had a clear idea we wanted to promote sassy as a as a wine as a low ABV sparkling one let's say so we wanted to have very complex aromas very delicate and refined so we didn't want to work uh, with like the classic apple species other were uh, uh, working with um, and luckily enough in my family the apple trees we were uh, planting was different and m with much more acidity um, so we wanted um. something like very different uh, in order to add something also in the market you know if it's just to do the same that everyone is doing there is no point we wanted really like uh, to promote sassy as a as a low ABV sparkling wine so uh, to be honest it was very difficult at the beginning because we we were we were not expert like uh, we were not like a winemaker either like uh, we were producing cider but in very small uh, volume so it's very different when we want when you want to produce a more quantity so we we uh, we asked different um, cellar master also uh, sommelier in order to, to have their feedbacks and at the beginning. So it took us 18 months to create the free recipes. And to be honest, at the beginning, it was a complete disaster. <laughs> we were doing blind testing. And uh, so um, with a panel of uh, uh, consumers that were representing our, representing our core target, also we were selecting like the best cider on the market and we were comparing uh, with our samples. And at the beginning, Sassy was always last, last, last. Even after the first 18 months? Uh, no, after the 18 months, yeah. we decided to launch when Sassy was first with the cidre, with the cidre rosé and with the mm. poiré. Uh, we really want to be 100% sure of the quality before launching the brand. So we, right. that's why it took us 18, 18 months. months. But at the, the first five uh, blind tasting were disaster. Like our friends were saying, like, come on, you should stop. Like, uh, even, you know, it was very challenging because cider is such a small market in France. It's not very common. We are consuming cider twice a year between uh, in January and February for crepe and galette. Um, so our friends, they, they didn't understand the project. Like they were saying, you know, like it, yeah. it won't, it won't work. Like it's, you know, we are not drinking cider. Like it can't, it can't work. Like, uh, so especially friends, family, they, they don't really believe in the project. They didn't oh, really believe tough. in the projects. And it was very challenging to find the right balance. Um, because it's a very technical product. If you are producing uh, the way we are producing, uh, with no, uh, you know, added uh, sugar, water. Uh, so it was very challenging at the beginning. Beginning, but you know, I think it give you it give you some uh, strengths, uh, and it you know like uh, it shows your motivation. You know, if you you don't listen to others, you believe in your project, in your in your project and products. I think after you are super strong and nothing can stop you, you know, because you are so motivated. Uh, you you have you had so many obstacles be before launching the, the the brand. So after you know it's much easier easy for much easier for you because you know nothing can stop you, you know. No, of course, absolutely. Now, did you go into it thinking we're going to have three different types, or at first were you just you know, we're just going to have one expression. I mean, or did uh, they, how did they come out? Yeah, you know, so how did you decide on those? We wanted to have, yeah, a, at least two different products with uh, their own personality. It was very important for us to show like, okay, with different apple species, you can have a completely different taste. 
um, again to show like it's like a wine, very artisanal product. Uh, the 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 ingredients you are using are key if you want to to, to produce a good products. Uh, so we wanted to have at least two, um, and because uh, we started plant, planting um, Geneva apple, it's a red flesh apple. We were thinking, okay, there is something interesting to do. As a like a, a rose apple were not uh, existing at that right. time in France, um, so it was quite innovative for us to launch a, a rose. We um, Poiret is very typical from Normandy, but uh, especially from Orn, where we grew up, Le, Le Don Fronte. So it was also uh, quite obvious we should uh, launch uh, Poiret, and obviously also like the cider the classic let's say cider was like the, the 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 main product we should launch because of the awareness there is of this kind of uh, product so it's it was quite natural you know we had mm. okay we need to launch a cider of course we need to launch a poire because it's very typical from the uh, area we are coming from in had Germany. you made that when you were young as well yeah yeah of you course did. yeah mm -hmm. and the rosé it was because we had this apple in the chateau so it was quite you know and it was very innovative like to have a rosé cider without coloring without red fruit mm -hmm. so we were thinking okay it might be interesting to promote cider as a more fun way and our Our, really, our mission is really like to change the perception of cider by promoting um, the Norman terroir and my family know-how. And so also um, the small bottles in France, it, it, it didn't exist, exist at that time. So we were the first to launch the 33, the 33 centiliter. And also with this white, uh, you know, white glass with a no-label look uh, labels, it, we wanted really like to... Yeah, to, to, to modernize the way people were perceiving cider and uh, like to enhance the cider category. All right, back to, back to when you, um, the, after the 18 months. Yeah. Um, so you had this product. Yeah. And you think it's fantastic. Yeah. How did you start going about either changing people's minds yeah. or getting people to try it and, and want to have it in their, their shops and restaurants. So for us, again, we wanted to disrupt the market. So we didn't want to work with crêperie. So in France, you know, we are consuming uh, uh, cider in crêperie. Uh, where you have like, uh, you know, pancakes. Yeah. Um, uh, so for us, we wanted to elevate the category. So our first accounts were, were uh, Colette. Which, uh, which was a super trendy concept store in Paris. Did you just call them up and say, hi, we'd like to show you this? How did that work? We just like uh, uh, popped in there with our samples, you uh -huh. know, and uh, tried to discuss with, uh, with someone. We, we discussed with Marco, which was the, the, like the F&B manager of the water bar. Uh, and he loved the, the product. He loved also, um, our, you know, our philosophy, you know, two young Norman, uh, uh, guy coming from Normandy who wants really like to promote their terroir and their family know-how, you know, like they were super receptive mm -hmm. to the, to our 
philosophy. So we launched the company at Colette. So That's fantastic. That exactly. is like super. Exactly. It was super a super cool. way. Yeah. It was like, like super cool. Uh -huh. um, so it was a good way also to change the perception of cider because if you see uh, Sassy at Colette or cider at Colette, okay, ah, finally it's not super for all people in the countryside. You know, it can be trendy. Mm -hmm. um, And what was the feedback you were getting from? The, from this Marco it, it was amazing like uh -huh. uh, you know he was pushing a lot like so it was super helpful for us and then after, and people were drinking it drink, people were drinking it yeah yeah of course yeah and um, after a couple of weeks also we we met uh, Joël Robuchon so the most mission star chef right. at, at that time uh, in the world um, and uh, you know we, we were uh, selling like we were um, pitching at the Uh, publicist drugstore in the Champs Elysees and Joel Robuchon has his restaurants da downstairs. Mm -hmm. And we, sh we saw uh, Joel Robuchon was entering in the restaurant. So uh, my associate and I look at each other and we think, okay, we have nothing to lose. Let's try to, to, to catch him. And the guy was so, so interested, so curious to hear new stories, new, and to try new, new products. So it took like uh, half an hour. So we, Uh, we presented it uh, sassy. He, he loved it immediately. He, he called his uh, uh, head pastry chef, Globo, uh, François Benoît. They all loved the product, so they, they started working with us. Uh, so, like, uh, for example, they did uh, apple chocolate granite, uh, and it was served with a glass of poire as a food pairing in the dessert menu. And he was saying, you know, my consumer... Um, they are used to drink very good wines with their with well, mm -hmm. with their lunch or or dinner, but they they have it every day everywhere. For me, it's all about innovation, in, in, being yeah. innovative, and you know try to be try to shake you know my my consumer. Like if I'm pushing, like if I'm promoting a good wine with cheese, my consumer they have it every day. But if I'm promoting cider and cheese. It's working super well. And like this, my consumer will remind the experience much longer because it's innovative. And he will remind, okay, I had an amazing pairing at a Robuchon restaurant. It was cider and Calvados. It was amazing experience. Cider and cheese, sorry. It was an amazing experience. So that's why also like it was very interesting for him. Uh, so we started with Colette, with Robuchon. So we had the, the, the top most, of the yeah, top of the yeah, top. The train, the trendiest uh, concept mm -hmm. store in France, plus the most mission star chef in the world. And after, you know, we started like uh, discussing with five star hotels like Four Seasons, Shangri-La, Plaza Athene, uh, a lot, a lot of palace. always in always in France. Though. Yeah, always in France. At the mm -hmm. beginning, we were focusing in France. We were the two of us only, my Pierre Emmanuel and I. So you know, like. Uh, and we were just focusing on top-end markets, so uh, a lot of, like I said, Michelin-style restaurants. We are working a lot with Alain Ducasse, so we, we are at the Plaza Athenee in his free Michelin-style restaurant. They are doing also food pairing, and they are also including Sassy in their recipes. For example, Jessica Preapalto, the head pastry chef of the Plaza Athenee, she did a dessert with Sassy. Uh, she did... He dehydrated uh, an apple and rehydrated the apple with the sassy. Uh, oh my god, it sounds delicious! Yeah, so there is a lot of way, um, like there is a food pairing. So, for example, the seed is going very well with white meat, 
cheese. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the poire is going very well with uh, seafood, fish, chocolate dessert. And the poire is going super well with uh, dessert and sorbets and as an aperitif too. Uh, so for us, it's really like, we really want to promote Sassy again as a low MBV sparkling wine, as a food pairing and to disrupt the market. We don't, don't want to be, you know, to be on top in pubs like everyone. We want to promote the cider mm -hmm. category in different way. And we are also pushing a lot like cocktails. Okay, so, that was going to be my, my next question okay. was the first time I had Sassy was in a cocktail. Yeah. Did you ever think when you were creating it that... Not only will be people drinking it with food mm. and drinking it by itself, but there may be this possibility to have a whole different um, crowd drinking it in a cocktail. Yeah. So we, we like for the Michelin star chef, mm -hmm. we wanted to, to promote the category. So we, we, we were loving like going to cocktail bars, like Experimental in Paris, etc., And we were frustrated not to be able to find cider again. <laughs> so for us, it was also a good way uh, as a Michelin star chef, you know, I think now bartenders, they are, are ambassadors, you know, like uh, it's like an open kitchen. And if you see Tony at Niger uh, having uh, like working on a cocktail with a bottle of sassy for, for people, it's quite strong because it means, okay, if, Niger is using Sassy, it's a good product. If Alain Ducasse, Joël Robuchon are working with Sassy, it means it's a good product. So we are seeing uh, those guys are as our ambassadors. And for us, it's such an honor uh, to be able to work with this kind of people. So it's super, super rewarding for us because we worked a lot on the recipes, as I told you. Um, so it's super rewarding to, be, to work with the best mission star chef in the world, the best hotels and the best cocktail bars. And cocktail bars, for us, you know, we like, for example, we loved like spritzes. But you know why, you know, you should try maybe with a cider. We are in France. We should be proud of our terroir. So why you could easily replace a Prosecco by a, by a cider, for example. Uh, so it was just natural, you know, like we wanted just to, to promote the cider, uh, the cider category a different way. And uh, like cocktails uh, was a, a very good uh, way to, to change the, the, the perception of the product. Now, I also see that you work with some fashion icons like yeah. the late Karl Lagerfeld. How did that come about? So... As we started at Colette, you know, oh, of course. we had this cool uh, image uh, in, the, in the fashion industry in Paris. So during the fashion week, we started at the Alexander Wang showroom. So during the fashion week, he was serving uh, some, some bottle of sassy to their best consumers. When did you find out that that was going to happen? Uh, I think almost at the really beginning, like... Uh, uh, We launched the company October, November, and the fashion week, I don't remember, but it was almost uh, immediate. Um, so after, you know, like, it's like uh, what we call in front, Effet Boule de Neige, you know, when you have Colette, Alexander Wang, then you are contacted by other companies. So after we started working, yeah, with uh, Carven, uh, Karl Lagerfeld. Um, so, and for us, again, it was a good uh, way to to change the perception of the cider category and uh, to modernize the, the, the category because in France, it's super like old-fashioned uh, countryside uh, beverage. So, so hopefully you've shown everyone, yeah. you know, who said, no, you can't do it or this is a bad idea yeah. that, yeah. you know, it can yeah. be a huge success. Exactly, yeah. And uh, 
Also, cider is a super modern uh, product. Like it's gluten free, hundred percent natural. Uh, the way we are, Sassy is producing because some people they are adding a lot of chemicals, but Sassy is gluten free, hundred percent natural, low in calories because it's only fruit inside. Uh, so, like for example, a bottle, a small bottle is uh, around one hundred calories so it's quite you know it's completely in the trend but people i don't know why they have this perception okay cider is for you know the old people in the in normandy in the countryside actually it's completely in the trend and like we should like again it's our mission to to promote it uh, a different way well now i want i've got to have some so yeah. should we go open a bottle definitely Let, let's right. go cool before xavier and i parted i asked him where maison sassy could be found in the uk Like uh, we launched the company in France in November 2014 and in the UK in uh, like November 2016. So for us, UK was a super important market because like uh, you you have the reflex of consuming cider. Um, uh, so it was very important for us to develop this market. And uh, so we launched November 2016 and we start uh we start like uh we started working with Niger at the beginning it was like the first cocktail bar we worked with in, in the UK um and we we want to just develop the the market the same way we did in France so by targeting top end venues so we are now working with uh, uh Dorchester uh, Rosewood Hotel at with Scars Bar Uh, sexy fish, uh, so house group. Uh, so again, the idea is to do exactly the same. And we are also like now in 15 countries. So in Japan, Australia, South Korea, Hong Kong, Canada. But even if we want to do a huge focus on France and UK. And uh, your question was where uh, you can uh, consume sassy. Um, like like I said, yeah, Niger. Uh, we just have uh, on we are on the new menu of Brown Hotel, Donovan Bar. Um, so like in so a lot. So well, how about if someone wants to just buy a bottle and not have it in a cocktail? So uh, you can uh, find us at Selfridges, Arvenicals, uh, Grocery Shoreditch, some wine merchants like Niza or Pascal in Chelsea. Uh, at the moment, we really want to focus on trade. Um, so more than uh, off trade, but uh, it, it's going to come. Thanks so much to Xavier for explaining that. And now there's no excuse for not trying Maison Sassy, even if you think you're not a cider drinker. It might convert you. Our cocktail of the week might also convert you to Negronis, even if it's not your first choice at the bar. As we are in the midst of Negroni Week, we chose the Maison Sassy Rosé Negroni as our cocktail of the week. Build all the ingredients in a glass over ice. 30 ml of red vermouth, 30 ml of Campari, and 30 ml of Maison Sassy Rosé Cider. Then stir. Finish it off with an orange zest to garnish. It's super easy for summer. You'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Next time, we head back to a very hot and sticky Charleston, South Carolina, to meet a few people who, along with Scott Blackwell of High Wire Distillery, who you met a few weeks ago on Lush Life, are making the cocktail scene there pop. Until next time, bottoms up. 
thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast. For more information and links to everything you've heard, plus a whole lot more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. The music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your drinking partner, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar. <laughs>